0: Good morning, Upward family. So great to see y'all today. Everybody doing well? Yeah. Ah, man. I was out in the parking lot today shaking everybody's hand, and I thought, man, I hope all these people find a seat in there somewhere. I'm glad to see you barely did, but you made it today. Fought your way in through the bubbles today, right, and the snow cones to get to church. Move Up Sunday, we're celebrating all our kids that are moving from children's church to student ministries. We're crying a little bit too. Our little babies are now in student ministries, but it's an exciting day. We're talking about joy, and what a subject, joy. There's so many books out there that say the joy of this, the joy of cooking, the joy of painting. Uh, I read a book the other day, The Joy of Feeding the Birds. I mean, there's just joy, 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 joy. I love to talk about joy because I like having joy. One of the things I've uncovered, we've uncovered together in this series that has blessed me so much is that joy is not about circumstances, rather it's about choices, and that's incredibly good news because you and I have relatively little control over our circumstances. There's a few things we might think we can control, but what comes at us is kind of out of our control completely, but we do have control over the choices we make, which means I can choose to have joy in the midst of the most difficult circumstances. I can be walking through something really dark, really heavy, and really troubling and make choices that bring the joy of Jesus Christ into my life. So you can actually choose joy, and that's tremendous news for us today. We're in the book of Philippians chapter 1. It's a book written about joy. It was written beautiful letter. It's a letter written by the Apostle Paul. He was one of the greatest minds to ever lived and certainly the greatest missionary who ever lived. He wrote this book about joy to a church in a city called Philippi, a church that he greatly loved and gave himself for. But the church was not perfect. You know, the church wasn't like upward that's just perfect. (laughs) You know what we do sometimes? We read the Bible, and it's so easy to just sterilize the Bible characters and the churches and just say, well, that was them, but this is us. I want you to understand, they had the same problems that we have and more sometimes. The Philippian church had a lot of problems going on. Paul loved them. They were, generally speaking, moving in the right direction, but they had some trouble. And the trouble was coming at them from the inside and from the outside. Have you ever felt that way in your own life? that you maybe had trouble on the inside. Maybe you were worrying about something. Maybe your mind was racing. Maybe you've not been able to sleep at night because your mind is turning over and over about all the what ifs and what's happening to you. And you feel like you've got a lot of trouble on the inside. And then uh, all of a sudden trouble comes from the outside and you have enemies that are against you and maybe you have persecution or at least pressures that are hitting you from the outside. Has anyone ever felt that way? I'm already struggling on the inside and then something else hits me from the outside. Anybody ever been in that type of situation? How is it possible you can find the joy in the middle of that? The Philippian church was the same way. They were having a church fight while Paul wrote them this letter. They were having a church fight, and part of Paul's letter was to settle them down and to tell them to straighten out and choose the path of joy rather than the path of pettiness. They were also being persecuted from the outside by Rome. There was pressure being put on them from groups, from Jewish groups who didn't agree with the Christian faith and from the Romans, who often persecuted the early church. So the Philippians are feeling the pressure from the inside. They're feeling the persecution from the outside. And Paul writes to them to tell them how to have joy. Now, anybody ever been in a church fight? Anybody ever been in a church fight? Let me see your hands if you've ever been in a church fight. Okay, we're taking, hold them up. We're taking names right now. We're going to find out who the (laughs) troublemakers are. Did y'all one more time? Did the did y'all get the cameras? Do we have the pictures now? Okay, we know who the troublemakers are. Some you won't see some of these people next week. They'll just be. We've all been at them, right? If you've been in church, you've been in a church squabble at some point. My favorite story about this is a guy who, uh, there was a plane flying over the ocean and they went over this island and they saw a little glimmer of light and there was a guy there trying to be rescued and uh, they saw him, flew over, and then they sent a ship back to pick him up and the ship got there and they saw this guy all alone on the island with three different uh, little huts there. And they said, well, why in the world do you need three huts? What are these? And he said, well, this first one here, that's my house. That's where I live. They said, okay. And he said, this second one here, that's my church. That's where I go to worship. And they said, well, what's the third one? He said, that's where I used to go to church. <laughs> I know some people that could split a church by themselves, alone, Right? they get satisfied when they're the only member. The Philippians were having all this going on, yet Paul told them how to walk in joy. And we're going to learn this today. Ready? You ready to roll? Philippians 1, verse 27, the first part of the verse. Paul starts like this. He said, let your conduct be worthy of the gospel of Christ. Let what you do actually bring glory and honor to Jesus Christ. Anybody watch the Andy Griffith Show? That's, that should be in the Bible somewhere that you have to watch that. Uh, Andy often tells Opie, go out and act like somebody. Yeah. Paul's telling the Philippian church, you name the name of Jesus, act like it. You name the name of Jesus, live in such a way as to attract people to Jesus. Christians don't always do this well. Right? That person sitting next to you doesn't always do that this well. Uh, Man, I'm really trying to stir up trouble this morning. I was driving to Charlotte last Sunday afternoon, and uh, we were on 74 headed towards Shelby. And this car got up behind me. It was just riding my bumper, and I was going fast enough. I mean, I was breaking the speed limit myself, but uh, this guy wanted to break it even more. And he's just riding on my bumper, so I thought I would minister to him. And I knew that he needed the Lord's peace in <laughs> his frenetic pace, so I just slowed down. Yes. <laughs> you want to take a slow tour of town, you just get up on my bumper and stay there. And we're going on the slow tour. I mean, I slowed way down, and he really got ticked off, and he stayed there a little while just to let me know how ticked off he was. And then he decides to pull out and fly around me, you know, and with the whole attitude. And as his car went past me flying, the license plate said, Pastor. So I thought, well, so that's how pastors act. So I got on the accelerator, got right behind. No, 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 I didn't do that. I didn't. I let him go. But boy, I was talking about him. You ever wish you had a blue light and arrest powers? How many of you just wish that you could be a state trooper for a moment? Just let me have that job just for this, right? We don't always live up to our best. But Paul's simply saying this. When you claim to follow Jesus, his name is upon you. In, at home, in the community, everywhere you go, the name of Jesus is on you, so act like somebody yes. because you represent him. Amen. There's joy when you understand that. Now, this verse is a little bit confusing. He said, only let your conduct be worthy. That's like seven, six, seven words, and, and it's, those six words are translated from one Greek word. One Greek word, polytheo, which essentially means citizenship. The Greek word city was polis. It means live as a citizen of where you came from. Are you proud of where you came from? How many proud Western North Carolina people do we have here today? All right, yeah. How many Henderson County natives do we have here today? You've been here all the time. The rest of us got here as fast as we could, but you've been here from the beginning. I was born and raised in a small town called Walberg that wasn't even a town when I was there. They made it a town after I left. I've moved to the big city now. I'm just outside of downtown Edneyville right now. So I'm in the big metropolis now, right? Uh, I want to represent where I live well. And everywhere I go, people know that I'm from North Carolina. People can somehow hear in my voice that I'm from North Carolina. Some years ago, we visited London And uh, always a joy. I love London, had a good time there. And Alexa and I were trying to find something to eat, and there was this little pub down the street, and they had fish and chips that were super. Go to London, you got to eat fish and chips. So we went into this pub, and it was just full. It was five o'clock. Everybody had gotten off work, you know. They're standing around, hanging out, having a good time, and we just want something to eat. So I walk in, and this is like Country Mouse and City Mouse, you know that story. Country Boys now in a big city in London, you know. And so we went in, we didn't know whether, we were so awkward, we didn't know whether to sit down or order or what to do. So I told Alexa, just grab a table. And I went up to the bar and I was just asking the guy, what do you do? How do you order? How do you get your food? What do you have all this? The more I talked, the broader his smile got. (laughs) And for just a short minute, I became the entertainment in the pub. The whole bar was listening to me because it was obvious that I wasn't from there. When you're from another place, it's obvious. Can I tell you something? First of all, in the United States, almost all of us are foreigners. You understand that? Don't complain about the foreigners because your family came from somewhere else too. Unless you're Native American, your family came from somewhere else. Am I making you mad? Well, good then. We've had a good day. We're going to give you a snow cone after church, so you'll be okay. We'll send you on your way with a snow cone. You're going to be fine. But in here, you can get mad a little bit. Don't complain about foreigners. We're all foreigners, first of all, right? Right? Here's the deal, though. As a Christian, you're a foreigner on earth. The Scripture said we're strangers and foreigners down here. People ought to know that we're from somewhere else. Amen? Amen? means we don't act like everybody else when they get mad we get calm when they curse we bless amen when they fight we bring peace when they're afraid we're secure can I get an amen church we're foreigners we're from a different place this word essentially meant be a citizen of the kingdom of heaven Now the Philippians were proud of their citizenship through a variety of circumstances. The city of Philippi became a Roman colony and the residents of Philippi became Roman citizens and they were very proud of it. That's why Paul used this word. He's saying you're proud of your citizenship, but understand it's not about your human citizenship. It's about your heavenly citizenship and you need to live just like where you came from. So when people see you, they'll know that you've come from heaven. Amen. Amen. We're called to make heaven known on earth. You know, we're not down here just building a church. We're not down here just growing an organization. And it's certainly growing like crazy. We grew 20% last year. We're growing 30% this year. You people are coming from everywhere. And if you're new to Upward, Big virtual hug this morning. We're so glad to have you here. If you're new online, we're so glad to have y'all. Place is growing like crazy. We're not here trying to grow an organization. We're here trying to manifest our home down here on this foreign planet. And we're doing it. We're doing it. And the joy is found when you choose to live as a citizen of where you're really from. Then Paul begins to walk this out a little bit and tell us what it's about to live this out. He said this. So that whether I come and see you or am absent, see, Paul didn't know he was in prison. He didn't know if he would ever get the chance to come back and see the Philippians again. So he said, I want you to live this way, whether I'm there in person or whether I'm gone, live as befits Jesus Christ, live worthy, live as a citizen of heaven. Then he said, here's how you do that. You stand fast in one spirit with one mind, striving together for the face of the gospel. Stand fast, one spirit. He's talking about our identity as our spirits. You know, we're body, soul, and spirit. Stand fast in the same spirit that has been transformed by the same Holy Spirit. See, we're related to each other by the blood of Christ. Look around here this morning, all these crazy people. You're related to them this morning. We're family this morning. Paul said, stand fast together in one spirit. Then stand fast in one mind together. That's even harder. Our spirit man changes when we get saved. Our mind tends to stay worldly, our mind has to be renewed. And it's in the area of our mind that we get divided the most. You ever been hurt in church? You ever had your feelings hurt in church? You ever disagreed with something at church? Some of you disagreed with something already this morning. Okay. Let me tell you about the Philippians. They had a full-blown church fight going on that was started when two women got in an argument. I'm not blaming women now for the ladies to get mad at me. I'm just saying this is how it was, okay? This is what happened. And what I find so funny, this is not really probably nice, but I find it pretty funny that their church fight made its way into the Bible You thought you were in a church fight. Paul said later in the letter, he starts naming names. Some of you want to go read the rest of the book now. It's like, oh, yeah, man, now we're getting down to the dirt. He's calling them out. Philippians 4, verse 2, he said, I implore Euodia and I implore Syntyche to be of the same mind in the Lord. In other words, ladies, get your stuff together and start acting like somebody. And put this fight behind you because there's more important things going on than your feud. Amen. Now, I've studied this very deeply. I want you all to know I've consulted in the Dead Sea Scrolls, and I found some stuff that no other Bible scholar has uncovered. I know what they were fighting about. Syntyche, here's what happened. She was new to the church, and they invited her to the annual women's ministries luncheon. Trust me, this is how it happened. if you've been in church, you're gonna agree with this. Anybody been in church a while? Here's how this goes. Sintike, uh, she decides she's gonna bring her famous potato salad. And she doesn't know anybody else in the church. And she comes in all happy to share her wonderful potato salad recipe with the luncheon, and Uodia is at the door. And unbeknownst to Sintike, Euodia has her famous potato salad. And she's been bringing it to the women's luncheon for the past 28 years. And everybody likes her potato salad. Have y'all been in church or not? <laughs> you ever been to a church potluck? Come on now. Which one is you odious potato salad? I don't know about that one, but that's you odious. Yeah, let's get that. And here's how we keep score in church. Whose potato salad disappears faster? Y'all are convinced now. Y'all were skeptical about this, but now y'all know this is how this happened, isn't it? Euodia says, how dare you bring potato salad? I bring the potato salad to this church. Get that stuff out of here. Sintike's not one to be bullied, so she said, I'll bring more next time. (laughs) Now their fight is getting out into the church to the point that Paul's got to bring it up in his letter. I don't think Paul was like me who just do it to be funny. Paul was like, hey, this is an issue that's about to get out of hand. What y'all need to understand in Philippi is there's a bigger mission here than any of your personal agendas, than any of your hurt feelings. And the way to choose joy is to choose the mission over offense. It's so easy to get hurt in church. What I want to do today is normalize getting hurt in church. It will happen. Because we're all not perfect yet. Somebody will rub you the wrong way. Can I get an amen? Somebody over here that It's happened today over here, right? All right. Somebody's going to fail. Somebody's going to overlook your contribution and not realize how much you really meant. Sometimes... They're going to do stuff at the church you don't agree with. It's going to happen. It's normal, and it's okay. Sometimes, I'm really going to step out tonight, today. uh, Sometimes, you need your feelings hurt. Because sometimes, it's our job to challenge you. If you thought you came to church where we're just going to be warm and fuzzy and just be happy with what you're doing, and where you are. No, we're not. We're going to call you to a higher standard. Yes. Amen. Yeah. We're not going to do it in some morally superior, jerky sort of way. No. But we're going to be willing to sit down at a table with you over lunch and say, I'm concerned about you. Yeah. That's good. That's good. That's right. There'll be hash brown casserole. <laughs> but there'll be confrontation. Confrontation. When I call you and invite you to Cracker Barrel, you know what's coming. Sometimes you need your feelings hurt. We all have to grow up and realize that offenses will come. But the mission's more important than any of that. And sometimes we just have to be willing to let things go and move on. I just want to normalize that. You'll get hurt wherever you go. You just got to make up your mind. The mission's more important than my feelings, than my pride, than my getting noticed, than any other thing. Choosing joy is to choose the mission over all the rest of that stuff, yes. Yes. and it encourages my heart that the Bible churches in the early days struggle with it just like we do sometimes. Amen. Amen. Let go, move. Can I tell you this too? Don't ever leave a church because you got your feelings hurt. That's right. Never. Because if you do that, the devil will have you in 56 churches in the next two years. If they leave the gospel, leave. If they leave the Bible, leave. If they're walking immorally and unethically, leave. If there's spiritual abuse, leave. But don't leave because somebody hurts your feelings. Amen. There's joy in staying on mission with people through the strife and through the trouble, and working on it together. That's when we grow, all right? Stand fast in one spirit. Then he says this, strive together for the faith of the gospel. Work together. The first one, stand together, is a military term. The second one, strive together, is an athletic term. It speaks of being on a team together and working together for the common good to accomplish the mission. You see, on the church, we're a family. We're also a team. I love being a part of this team. I love watching what y'all do every week. I love coming in and watching the golf carts flying around. I almost got hit by golf carts today. We're going to have to talk to these people. Coming in amidst the bubbles and the snow cones. I just love seeing our teams at work. And I'm just going to tell you, Upward has grown far beyond my ability to keep track of what's going on everywhere. You guys are absolutely out in the community touching people, doing things that I don't even know about. People come up to me, I I tend to become the face of it, you know, being up front all the time. But uh, people come up to me and say, thank you for what y'all did. And I'm I'm like, uh, what did we do? (laughs) Tell me. Well, your church gave to this. I'm like, oh, isn't that awesome? And I really look like I don't know what's going on. You know why that is? I didn't know what was going on. Because it's bigger than I can hold up here. You guys are out there making an impact. And I can't tell you the joy of knowing that we're all doing this together. But even in that, you can feel overlooked. This one got attention. I used to play basketball a lot. I I was obsessed with basketball for a while. And I played a little in Bible college. And uh, I remember one game in there, coach put me in and I thought I could shoot, and every time I threw one up, clang, it wasn't nothing but dead. it was just nothing. <laughs> and I'm like, hey, I got to just quit shooting. It's when you shoot, though, and you swish, everybody cheers, and that's the greatest feeling. But, you know, I decided one game, I don't have it tonight, and I'll never forget I thought, I'm going to find joy in something else. I'm going to find somebody else to make better. And I remember it of the, I, I wasn't a great player and I only played a short time, but I remember a big buddy, my name Jay, he broke down the lane. I was under the basket doing the inbounds and he came my way and I hit him with a perfect pass and he put it in. And I learned the joy of the assist. Yeah. <laughs> the shooter gets the credit often but it's the assist often that scored the basket. John Wooden used to say, the player who puts the ball through the hoop has ten hands. There's joy in being on a team together. Paul said, I want to hear about you guys, that these fights get settled down, that you stand together in one spirit, and that you're playing together as a team, striving for the faith of the gospel. That's the inside problems. And i got three minutes to talk about the outside problem. But we're going to do it. Verse 28, he said, And not in any way terrified by your adversaries, which is to them a proof of perdition, but to you of salvation and that from God. The idea, he uses this word terrified. It's only used once in the New Testament in Greek. It's used when a horse gets startled. It's really a term of horses. When the horse jumps, That's that word, spooked. There's a horse owner right there. When a horse gets spooked, he's saying don't be spooked by your adversaries. In other words, don't even be surprised by it. When persecution comes your way, don't be shocked, don't be surprised. Receive it as a a part of your Christian life. He said, to them, it's a proof of perdition, but to you of salvation. Here's what that means. To be a persecutor is a sign that you are lost. To be persecuted is a sign that you are indeed saved. Can I get an amen? How many can say now, Lord, I know I'm saved now because the devil has been throwing stuff at me like crazy. Being persecuted is a sign of your salvation. And it is a part of the Christian life that we just need to normalize and get used to. Amen? Don't get shocked. Oh, did you see what they're doing? We've, we kind of, oh, help me, Lord. We've gotten a bit spoiled. Because for I'm, I'm talking about on the world and in the scope of the whole world, we've been a bit spoiled in our country. Can you understand that? Because we've lived for a long time with a culture around us who was very friendly to Christianity in large part and friendly to Christian values. And we're seeing things now that the world outside us and around us is changing rapidly. And we're beginning to get a small taste of what persecution might feel like. We don't know real persecution like they knew it yet. And I'm... I don't know everything that's going to happen, but I know this. If it gets darker out there, it's going to get lighter in the church. And the tougher the world pushes against us, the, the higher we rise every time. I'm believing God for revival to shake this nation. This, that's just what I'm believing for. But as Christians, we need to be prepared to face persecution. You ever been persecuted? You ever been lied about? You ever been maligned? You ever been talked about? I've had all that go on. I've had lies told on me. I've been trolled and persecuted on the internet and uh, just all kinds of things have come against us over the years. Once I got so mad about it, I called my buddies in law enforcement and said, would y'all do something about this? And that's okay. Sometimes that's even necessary. Can I get an amen? And I thank God for our law enforcement and responders. love them so much. Thank God for them. One of my dear friends was one of the higher-ups in the sheriff's department, and he listened to me, and I talked to him a long time. He's a strong Christian. He ended the conversation saying this. He said, old buddy, this is rough, but he said, uh, sometimes that's what serving Jesus is like. You do the right thing, and you get persecuted. Let me tell you what the early church did. When they got persecuted, you know what they did? They took them and threw them in jail, beat them up. And Peter and John came back, and they were having a prayer meeting. They rejoiced that when they were counted worthy to suffer for Jesus. We'll talk about choosing joy. They chose joy in persecution. They didn't whine, complain, and holler about it. They said, Lord, thank you. Thank you that we've been counted worthy to feel some pain for the sake of the kingdom. Maybe you're not there yet. Maybe I'm not there yet. But oh, you want to talk about choosing joy. The early church knew how to do it. I think they saw something that's so easy to miss in persecution. I'm going to tell you this not because it preaches well. It does. But I'm going to tell you this because I've been in ministry 30 years and I've found this to be true. Every season of persecution I walked through was really a season of promotion. Can you just receive that right now? I'm, I'm telling you sincerely. I'm not just trying up here to preach and have a good time. Sincerely, I'm telling you, every time I've walked through persecution, and we've walked through, our team has walked through some deep, dark times of persecution, every time it's been a time of, pers- of, of promotion. What I mean by that, I grew spiritually by leaps and bounds through it Personally. And guess what? The church grew like crazy as we walked through it together. Can I tell you? Stop looking at what the devil's doing and recognize God's promoting you through this. Choose the joy. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you for today. Privilege and opportunity we have to serve you and to love you. Thank you for your powerful word today. May it find its mark in every heart in life. Heads bowed and eyes closed here today. I wonder who here would say this. Pastor, I'm saying yes to Jesus today. We'll not embarrass you, but if you're saying yes to Christ, can I see your hand really quick? Can I see it? Anybody this morning? God bless you. Thank you. Thank you for that hand. Amen. Awesome. Awesome. Anybody else? Anybody else saying yes to Christ? Can anybody say, Pastor, I needed this today. I needed this word this morning. Can, can I see your hands today? Yep. Okay. Great. Fantastic. Fantastic. Let's pray right now for those saying yes to Christ. Here, online, pray with us. You're here with us. Pray with us. Lord Jesus, thank you for loving me, for giving your life for me. I surrender. I give up. Forgive my sins, Lord. Come into my heart. Live inside of me. From this day forward, I'm yours. In Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen.